Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. On the podcast today is one of my oldest friends, Elise Friedman, and we met about seven years ago now while at USC, and we share the story um, about how we met on today's episode, but she has been working in the entertainment industry for as long as I can remember. This is really her passion and she loves what she does. And right now she's working as an executive assistant and she's been navigating this whole assistant life for the last four years or so since we graduated. And on today's episode, we talk all about what this journey has been like for her, the importance of patience and finding your footing, really no matter what industry you're in and remaining grounded and making sure that you find balance for yourself. A big takeaway for me from my conversation with Elise is just how important it is to stay ahead of the trends and to make sure that you're still learning. It's really all about learning, learning as you grow, learning so that you can grow and finding the possibilities in such a big industry. I loved having this conversation with Elise. It's always so much fun for me to have these conversations with friends in my life who are following their passions and putting themselves out there. And I know that she'll continue to grow and her career will continue to grow. And I'm just so excited to see what she does next. As always, you can find out more about today's episode by visiting the show notes section of our website, seekthejoypodcast.com forward slash show dash notes. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Elise. Thank you for being on the Seek the Joy podcast. I thought we could start off and you could introduce yourself. Great. My name's Elise. I am an executive assistant in the entertainment industry. Um, I've been an assistant for a few years now, but uh, hopefully breaking the the next step shortly. Uh, I was a USC graduate, born and raised in LA and staying here for the long haul, it seems. So you and I, we met at USC at Alpha Chi Omega. And my favorite story is how we met. Um, I just think we should, we'll just share it real quick. I was, I was thinking about that one before I got on. I was like, that's great. I definitely remember. I think it was the first, it was like our first lesson or whatever. Our first new member meeting and you came in late, right? Yes. I came in late, but at the same time I'd been in a few, I had kind of joined a few days or a few weeks beforehand kind of, Yeah. but we were also, I was like, felt like I knew the joint more than, you know, you guys. But I came in late per usual. My LA lateness is uh no, and I came in and then I remember meeting you guys all and I was like, for some reason I just saw you and it just was like, I want to be friends with her. She's gonna be one of my best friends. Like that's what I literally really? just like I literally was just like I looked at you and was like, I wanna be friends with her. That's like oh what I thought. Well, I'm glad you felt that way because that's how I felt too. And seven years later, oh, we God, are has still it been friends. Seven years. Yeah, it has. It's insane. It's so crazy. Okay, so you right now are an executive assistant. And you've been working in the entertainment industry even before we graduated from USC. Yes. So when I was at USC, um, being in LA, that gave me the ability to intern. So I had about, I believe, four internships. 
uh, within throughout my college career. I've had the every summer and then my senior year I had um, internships during the year and they were thankfully they were paid so they were just like my job. It was like yeah. my job internship which was great but I had several unpaid internships as well but that's kind of changing in the industry which is nice for all the newcomers but you definitely have to put in the work as an intern first before you get a job. It's very um, I feel like catch-22 like you can't get a job without having a job. Yeah it's so but- true you can't get your first job. So it's like, how do you get your first job? And that was a struggle. But eventually, I was able to land one. But I feel like my trajectory just wasn't normal. But thankfully, I did get a job in the beginning. And then that definitely helped me get another job. Yeah. I mean, what did you feel about your trajectory that wasn't normal? Did you like because you went you became well, an assistant right away? Or yeah, I was an assistant right away. And I kind of grew within the company. I worked for a film producer. Um, and I really enjoyed that. I kind of started as personal assistant or second assistant and then I kind of from there kind of expanded my role and helped the other executives and then I kind of got promoted to first assistant but then I two years two and a, one and a half two years down the line I realized that I didn't really it was a film producer and he was kind of going into a lot of advertisements and commercials which is great and there's a lot of money in it but that is not what I wanted to do I really wanted to do TV and so I ended up actually going back to the agency route and that's why I say my trajectory isn't really normal because I feel like a lot of people they graduate college and they try to go to the agencies right away which I honestly looking back now is I think is great and I learned a ton and I was there for almost two years but I had other experience which actually helped me and I was able to go straight on a desk versus like the whole mailroom route it was definitely different than most people kind of went straight from college so yeah. I kind of felt like I was a bit no, – there was there's a lot of age ranges there, but I was like a little bit older than the rest. Yeah. I think though your your journey is kind of interesting in the sense that I feel like you always knew you wanted to work within the entertainment industry or do something with film or TV. And so I think – what you said before is so interesting and so true. There really is a catch 22. You can't get a job unless you have a job. And so I think especially right after college, you're sort of put in this position where you just need to take whatever it is you can get. Um, But not to say you can't get valuable experience and learn a lot, even if it's maybe not exactly, you know, what it is that you want to do long term. Yeah, I growing up in LA, um, my whole family and friends, there a bunch of people are in the industry. I feel like growing up in LA, you can't really ignore the fact that entertainment is around you. Totally. Um, so I kind of grew up in the entertainment industry. I always tell people, I had a family friend who was working at the Universal back lot. So at the time, we would, when we were in elementary school, we would go there after school and like you could just walk to the park at the time. And so we just would go on like the ET ride or we would like go after school and go on the uh, Back to the Future ride just for one ride. Then we'd go home and do our homework. And that was kind of like my experience growing up. And it was great. And I loved it. And I just I loved entertainment and the escapism aspect and just like kind of playing pretend, even though I knew I didn't really want to be an actor. But I wanted to at some sort be part of it and make that. And my parents knew that I wanted to be in entertainment, but they wanted to make sure that I that was like what I wanted to do. So I in high school I did a um, like a program at Northwestern University 
yeah, and I loved it. I made films and it was amazing and I had the time of my life and I definitely knew I wanted to do that. And then somehow, magically, I got into USC film, which honestly was bittersweet. It was amazing because it was one of the best film schools, if not the best, um, not to, t- you know, toot my horn or anything, but it was awesome. But at the same time, you can I, say that. Okay. You can say yeah, that. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And but the fact is my family, my parents all went to UCLA and we, I grew up hating Trojans in USC in terms of the LA rivalry. Yeah, totally. But once I got in, I couldn't, I couldn't say no. I did definitely go on the tour of UCLA and cause I was in between those two. Um, but ultimately just with the resources and knowing that I wanted to do film, USC was the better choice for me. Yeah. So it sort of snowballed from there. Yeah. It snowballed from there. That's a great word. Um, but definitely going back to the whole catch 22 of you need a job. It was really hard. I had some family in the industry and I really wanted to try to do it myself, but I had to have help. Uh, getting my first internship but from there once you have something it's it's good and that's why it did definitely take me a little bit longer to get my first job because I really didn't want to use help I didn't want to use my family's help Um, I wanted to do it on my own which I was able to do it but and that's what I was finally able to get my first job and then from there it becomes easier once you have something on your resume yeah I think that whole part about wanting to do it on your own. I think so many of us can relate to that. I mean, it's kind of, it's difficult. On one hand, you want to use the tools and the resources and the network that's available to you, but I think there's also a certain level of like self-pride and and knowing and wanting to do something on your own and figuring it out. I mean, Definitely. I say this all the time, but out of all my friends, you always are, you've always got a job. You're always working. You know, you always figure out a way um, to make it work and you do it on your own. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. I mean, in the entertainment industry, there's kind of like, it's funny, there's kind of two paths. There's the freelance path of the more creative producers, writers, directors, um, where it's kind of freelance. You go from job to job, you get an agent, you do that whole that whole path. But then there's more of the office, the behind the scenes, the writers, the, the production companies, the agencies, the studios. And that's, I feel like, the that's my path, the mm-hmm. uh, stability of it. So what is it about that end of the whole entertainment industry that really excites you? Well, I love entertainment. I've always loved entertainment. I currently think that especially TV is is kind of in a golden age right now. I feel like a lot of film actors and actresses are coming into TV and there's a lot better scripts and the technology and everything is just kind of culminating. It's it's a great place right now and it's it's new and fresh and invigorating and I think that's what excites me, the possibilities. And now I'm kind of working for a digital social media type media company and that's really exciting because now it's kind of digital first and everything's on your phones or on the different YouTube, Snap, uh, Snapchat, Facebook and it's, the possibilities are exciting. The industry, like any industry right now, is really growing and changing and everything, like you said, is moving digital. And I think it's about growing and changing with it too. And I think our generation is probably in a better position to grow and change with the way the world is moving right now. Have For you, have you found it exciting or difficult to sort of 
adapt to all the changes that are that are going on right now? Both. It's very exciting and it, it's exciting, but at the same time, you need to make sure that you're up with the trends. You know, so you're constantly, I feel like I'm constantly trying to catch up with the trends. It's changing, but all the people in the industry, especially like the older, more well-established higher entertainers are kind of stuck in the old, old school stuck in their ways, but it's the young and fresh minds um, who are kind of um, at the forefront. And it's just weird to think that like when we, I don't know, when did Snapchat come out? Like when we were on Snapchat and Instagram or Facebook. I don't know. Facebook. I feel like it was probably what, 2013, maybe 2012? Something like that. Yeah. And like even Facebook, I remember I, I think I got an account the, when I get, went to freshman year of college, but now it's like there's television shows on there. And it's like my company is the company I work for is making shows for Facebook Watch and for Snapchat. And it's just YouTube. I was I kind of miss the YouTube. I feel like YouTube is a little younger than than me. I feel like the YouTube stars of like the Justin Bieber age and, and whatnot. It's slightly younger, but it's still like people are making so much content on um, online. And so it's there are just so many different platforms and so many channels that people are getting their content from that's drastically changing the way that the network, the broadcast networks and channels are um, looking at content. Yeah. We're talking about like YouTube people being kind of younger than us. I was at a mall like a month ago and everyone was like freaking out um, over some guy. And I went up to this girl and she's probably like 16. And I said, who are you waiting for? And she said the guy's name. And I said to her, I don't know who that is. Could you tell me who that is? And she said, oh, yeah, he's on YouTube. And I literally <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> no, exactly. There's now that I'm now that I kind of work in digital, I'm trying to learn who is who and all the YouTube stars. But there's just so many, you know, totally. So where do you see your role in this whole like new digital age and just in the industry in general, because right now you are an assistant, but I know personally, you, you know, your aspirations are, are so much bigger than that. So where do you see your role or where do you see yourself going? Yeah, I want to eventually grow within entertainment. And I think right now why I went to this new startup digital company is because I think that's, it's on the forefront. And so you always want to be, at least I want to be kind of ahead of the game. And so I, I'm still doing development. I help out and I get to come up with ideas for alternative television. And it's great because there's just multiple platforms. While I think television is not dead and I don't think it's ever going to really die, as people say, it's just changing their short form. I never, you know, I'm helping develop shows for like five minute shows, seven minute shows, 15 and then the basic 22 or hour long shows. So it's just the format. There's just more available. But I eventually want to kind of go up in the it's still a similar path. It's just a different platform. Yeah. I think it's about making what's available to you work for you. And I think with so much going on right now and all the changes and I mean, yeah, I mean, you can literally watch a TV show on Facebook. You can basically watch your news stories on Snapchat. Now you've got to figure out how you can stay at the forefront and grow and change within the industry. So what do you think you've learned the most about yourself in the last, I guess it's been four years that you've been, been a real working adult? <laughs> oh, that's, that's a scary thought. Um, yes, I've learned, honestly, the biggest takeaway that I, uh, give to myself and 
I try to kind of stay grounded every day is just like having that work-life balance. I definitely, I get very stressed and there's so much being an assistant and I'm assistant to two people, but then I'm kind of like the base in our LA office. So I'm kind of a jack of all trades. So I just definitely try to make a point to have the balance and kind of work when I'm at work, but then also try to, when I go home, try to put it away for a bit and try to take the weekends as like a cooling off period and a break because I definitely don't want to be like a workaholic and have my entire life be about work. I want to make sure that I have some sort of balance and social life with friends, family, looking like outside of just entertainment and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And just to be patient because I've been an assistant for what, four years now and I've definitely learned a lot and I've become more confident in my skills and abilities because of that. But also it just takes time. Now with the changing times, there's less positions. There used to be more junior level positions for an executive and there's not anymore. So it's it's a big jump. But once you make the jump, it's just patience, determination, um, and just like a balance. So touching a little bit on that balance, I mean, I think it's really important not to feel burned out or not to get to a space where you feel burnt out. And so I love what you said about how on the weekends, you know, you really try and shut work away. But I'm, I'm sure there's got to be times too, when if you have an event or something else that's going on, you know, at the office or involves the office, you know, you have to figure out a way to still be available and work on the weekends. And so what do you do to help yourself stay balanced or even when those types of situations arise? Yeah, I, there's definitely times that I have to work on the weekends. And now that everyone has smartphones, you're kind of always available. Blessing and a curse. It's a blessing and a curse. You always have email on your phone, but then, you know, you also don't want to look at it. So I try to, with that, and when I'm with somebody, I definitely try to be present and put my phone away. Obviously, there's times where I uh, don't do that, but that's kind of what I try to do. And I try to, you know, it's funny because when I leave work, I need to decompress, say, before I go to sleep and I try to network and do all this stuff. But I kind of decompress watching television because even though, because it's not exactly what I'm making, there's different things, but I just love the escapism, the comedy, the drama. I like love soapy dramas. Like they're the best. And they're horrible, but great because they take you away. <laughs> Everyone's saying that broadcast is dead and people love the cable networks and whatnot. But I love uh, network and I always love network broadcast shows. They're big, they're bold, they're stupid, but they're amazing. Okay, what's your favorite? Oh, God, that's so hard. Um, I have so many favorites. Okay, but I'm top huge... five, maybe. Well, I'm a, five. I'm a big fan of the Shonda shows. Those are definitely my bigger... Scandal, s- How to Get Away with Murder. Yeah. Do you still watch Grey's? I do, sadly. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you're dedicated. <laughs> I do. Well, that's the thing. I actually like to watch shows from the beginning to the end. I can't step in midway. And then, yes, I've definitely dropped off of shows, but I like comedies. Like, I used to love Modern Family. I don't really watch that anymore. But I've still watched, say, Veep the whole way. But then I also like, you know, Game of Thrones I love and Homeland. Every show has its kind of like ups and downs. But if you can get through the downs, then it's good. 
It's great. Yeah. I think it's so important to have that outlet. And um, yeah, who cares that it's still sort of within the industry that you're working in? I mean, I don't know. For me, it's an outlet too and like a way to escape and like decompress from the day and not think about your own stuff. You can just pay attention to the drama that you're watching unfold in front of you, you know, on the screen. And I think it's so important to be able to strike that balance and and do things and find things that give you that outlet. Yeah, exactly. Like last weekend, I sadly had to work on Sunday for a couple hours, but I was dealing with something on Saturday, but I was also at USC tailgating. So I was like trying to find that balance, but um, I was able to, you know, do a couple calls I need to do, fire off a few emails, but then enjoy myself. Yeah. And I try to like on the weekends, if I know I have to do work, I'll block out say two hours and just get everything done and try to just like focus for two hours to do work. And then I'm, for, you know, and then go do something, go hang out with friends, go to coffee, go to, you know, go to the movies or go to a concert whatnot but I definitely think and just like honestly I vent that's a lot of how I kind of get through the day (laughs) which is like a good and bad thing because I know it's bad to talk about other people but like sometimes you just need to vent and I think that is as somebody who talks a lot who enjoys talking talks very fast I apologize in advance (laughs) Um, I love to vent. So I'll call my friends or I'll text them and I'll just vent. And that really does help me distress. It's not great. I know it's not like a great thing, but, um, everybody, everybody does it. It's totally, and I'll admit, I love vent. (laughs) I mean, I hate to say this, but you and I are both (laughs) yentas and people are probably like, what are they even talking about? But honestly, I think you know, it's also about having those friendships and, you know, having the people in your life who are like a like a good, solid foundation and space for you so that when something is crazy at work and you're like out of your mind, you know, they're there and they're willing and ready to listen and, and be there for you. I think that's definitely what you're talking about in terms of venting. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I have a really hard day or I'm, I'm really upset, um, I know exactly. My boyfriend always says, well, at least you have me. No matter what happens at work, like you'll always have me. And so it's like, I always know that I have the solid base of friends that like, no matter what, even if they're at work, they can't talk a moment. They'll call me when they can. Um, they'll, they'll always be there. And I feel like the having a, a solid support friends and family is, uh, definitely a, a key. Yeah. It really is. I want to go back real quick to something you said earlier that just popped back in my mind when you were talking, you know, about like what you learned about yourself and, and becoming more confident in your skills and your abilities, you know, what that process has been like sort of gaining that confidence and, you know, over the last couple of years. Yeah. So when, um, I first started out, I was always afraid of the phones. I'm not a huge fan. Like I talked to my friends on the phone, but if I don't normally talk to you, I'll usually text you. As much as I like to talk, I'm, I feel like our generation has been starting to communicate less via phones. And I've always kind of been, yeah. I, I was never huge into phones, like answering the phones. I was scared that I was going to say the wrong thing, especially in a work-related setting. When I was an intern, we would like trade off doing the phones and I would like hate doing the phones and it would be like a last minute decision when no one was there and the phone was ringing. I was like, oh, I have to answer it. And I would just yes. like do what I was told. But with time, it's the same thing. With time, it gets easier. I used to be really scared when I first started out, but the more practice you get, the more you get comfortable and then you have confidence. Same thing with writing emails, scheduling, you know, learning from just, I kind of like to sit 
and listen and take things from other people just because I think you can learn a lot from your peers. Um, so I think that's good. I always like kind of see how the person next to me is handling it or what the person email, how they email and what their format is and, and such like that. And I, I mean, a criticism, like constructive criticism, I think is good. You know, I've definitely gotten that yeah. and I think it, it definitely is good. It's just a matter of how you take it. Yes, totally. But I'm trying to be open. I try to be myself. And you mentioned something about being burnt out. I definitely know having been in this industry for about four years uh, professionally, uh, I definitely have seen people come and go and just get burned out based on their assistant jobs. And it's hard because you need to in any profession, you need to like what you do. If you want to make a career out of it, you need to love what you do. I love what I do and I can get very frustrated, very stressed very easily, but the core and in the end of the day, I love entertainment. I love making shows. I like brainstorming, come, coming up with ideas. And I know there's a, a path to get there. And so like I have to do this to get to the next, you know, level, but I love it no matter what. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I see people get burned out every day um, and then move home or, you know, go into a completely different field. Uh, but, you know, that's why I knew I wanted to be in entertainment I because I knew I loved it. No, it's so important to figure out what you love and love what you do. And you and I have talked a little bit about this, I think. But part of the premise for this podcast is about, you know, figuring out what your path is and following what it is you're passionate about. And in part in doing that is taking the risk and putting yourself out there. And so I think, you know, what you were talking about, like you love what you do. You know, I think a lot of people think they're going to love what they do and then they go into it and then maybe they really don't, you know. And so yeah. I think it's about learning and growing. And yeah, I mean, I love what you said, too, just about learning from constructive criticism, but also learning from the good things and maybe even the bad things that your peers in the office or just your peers in general are doing. Um, definitely, I think definitely. there's so much that we can learn. Listen, like for a lot of us, we don't know how to compose a professional email right away. And you've got to learn and you may be learning by a model they give you of, hey, I want it to be formulated like sort of based around like this example or you, you know, you get help from somebody, you know, there's a lot of learning and growing and, um, no, exactly. I used to sit in my old job at the agency. I was kind of behind a wall. I was kind of in the cubby as they said. And I, when I was there, I would just listen to the conversations that were happening in the main hallway. And I just like learned. And, and honestly, I kind of just try to listen and I try to stay grounded. That's the biggest thing. Like there are a lot of, excuse my language, assholes in the industry. Um, and I feel like when people get promoted and just kind of, they think they have to act a certain way because it's entertainment, it's flashy. That's how their boss is there. But you don't have to be, you know, I try to stay, I feel like I'm a kind, uh, nice, funny person. So I try to stay true to myself and do that. And, you know, we all had that boss who's a little mean or like a little crazy and we have missteps along the way but then we find those one in a million or, or whatnot um that yeah. can be your mentor can be the person that you look up to my old boss at the agency I loved her she was amazing I was a little nervous having a previously female boss that I didn't get along with but I went to her and I it was amazing it was the best year and a half two years of my life I I 
keep in contact with her. I, she was such a mentor and she's amazing. And everyone says great things about her because she's nice. She stays true to herself. She's smart. And she knows how to, she says yes. A lot of the time you have to say yes. You can't say no or else you'll never kind of grow and learn. Yeah. I mean, all of that is so important. Just touching on that staying true to yourself. I mean, what are things that you do to help you stay true to yourself? It's just all about the balance and kind of keeping grounded. And it also helps the fact that I actually grew up in LA. So I'm used to seeing- I think that helps too. It it helps. I've seen people get all up and, you know, when they see celebrities or big people, I, I went to school with people. I, you know, I see celebrities at CVS all the time. I grew up like, that you know so when I see celebrities I know they're people what what is it like just like us or something or like stars they're like us yeah those features in the magazines are like stars they're just just like like us. us no exactly it's like I play like being growing up in LA and in Studio City in the valley I played soccer and sports with some some celebrities kids and some celebrities and and whatnot so I'm just used to it and so I feel like having especially going through the agency seeing all the the celebrities were there every day you just kind of become not immune to it but you're just used to it it's just a part of life so I feel like doing that and they're just being themselves like it does it definitely helps and just knowing that I love what I do and I don't want to change who I am and you know my friends and family will like if I'm gonna be an asshole they'll let me know and they're gonna spot me on that and so I can trust the loyal friends in my life yeah I think it's about having those people that will call you out definitely you know like when you're you start to change or your behavior starts to change but I think growing up in LA helps a lot because I think there's an aspect of the celebrity that just doesn't phase you the same way maybe it would if exactly if you're not from here and like yeah like I'll be honest if I were to see somebody I really admire like Hillary Clinton if I was walking down the street and my girl Hill was like walking across I would flip out like you know yeah, me. I would definitely flip out if I saw a certain people but totally. I would also flip out internally and that just me I'm not going to be the person to be like run up to them, ask if I can 100%. do a picture just because growing up, I've known that's, and I've learned that that's just, yeah, it's just not different. proper behavior and everyone's PC nowadays. And I just like, but I would internally freak out and I spot people very easily. So I'd be like, I, I would tell my friends who I'm with, be like, Oh, that's, you know, who, or what, what not that's that per- like a celebrity or whatever. And they'd be like, how did like, how did you see them? I was like, Oh, I just spot them all the time. But at the same time, I'm not going to be the one to go up to them. I'll just freak out. Like if I saw any of the Ryans or whatnot, I would be like, Oh my God. But no, I wouldn't go up to them. Like Ryan Gosling, Reynolds. All oh yeah. Of them. I figured that's what you meant by Ryan, but like, I just wasn't totally sure. But so I'm going to switch gears just a little bit for you. I mean, with everything that you have going on, do you find it's easy to feel like in that positive mindset or uh, headspace? Or do you find some days it's easier than others? Yeah, it's definitely not easy. Um, it's kind of a lot of people get, like I said, a lot of people get burnt out. People are constantly coming down on you. You're not good enough. You're, you know, you can do a thousand things, but you're still like, you do something wrong. And so it is hard. And being a jack of all trades, I'm, you know, I am assistant to two people, but I'm also like the office coordinator now and like events coordinator. So I'm doing a thousand things. So it's easy to get stressed and kind of like, just forget the point. But in the end of the day, like, Every day, what I like to do is I like to go grab food and stop talking or like thinking about work for a few for like a little bit and then just kind of decompress. I like to decompress every day. It's I cannot come home 
from work and go straight to bed because I'll then not sleep well thinking about work all the time. I like to throw on a television show, you know, go to a movie, just hang out with some friends and just talk about life unrelated to work. And that's kind of just how I seek joy. And that's just kind of making sure I make it a priority to see my friends and family and to see what's going on in their life and take a step away and have that balance and make sure my life is not totally work heavy. Yeah. And that's, it's not, joy per se, but that's what I think of as joy. Yeah. I think it's about those priorities in your life and, and prioritizing things. And when you're at work, you're at work. And when you're at home, you're at home and you do things within those spaces to really bring yourself back down to earth and take those breaks during the day. I mean, it's so important. I think so many of us really try and do that too. Exactly. Yes, that is a, it's all about priorities and balancing your life. And then, you know, occasionally treat yourself Uh, A lot of the times I'll do like a treat yourself Friday and go out to a nicer dinner or every couple months I'll be like, I'm going to go to get a massage because I'm so stressed, you know things yeah. like that is what treat yourself Friday treat, yeah treat yourself <laughs> Friday like treat yourself on the weekends or, or yeah, I love it hashtag treat yourself yeah I think that's so important and to take that time to take care of yourself and that whole self-care aspect which I think is so widely talked about right now and uh something that's been talked about quite a bit by a lot of different people on this podcast. Yeah, and treat yourself and also just like having that, like seeing friends, but also having that alone time. Oh, yeah. I have to say like coming home and just sometimes just the day and just like kind of like having my own time, even though I do love hanging out with friends and family, just having those like 20 minutes, an hour, a couple hours just to yourself is great. Yeah, and you needed to recharge your batteries. Exactly. And sleep, try to sleep. That's a good piece of advice. Oh, yeah. People, I don't know how they run on, you know, two hours of sleep. I definitely need like six. I personally could not. I need a full seven hours at least to to be able to function properly. Yeah. So if there's anyone that's listening to this podcast and maybe they want to jump in and be an assistant or, or get involved and work in the entertainment industry, what would be your biggest piece of advice just based upon your own personal experience? Yeah, I mean, I definitely say it's worth the risk. I love it if if you need to do it if you love it. And I think it's great to start as assistant because then you, once you become um, higher and you kind of grow within and get promoted, you kind of have that basis and you know what it takes. And just put 110%. I know that's cheesy, but, you know, put your best self forward and take the risks. And like, if you want to read that script and give notes and, you know, do something separate and go and be of and beyond what is your kind of job role, it's great. It, you know... Yeah. I think just doing it. I think that's yeah, just do, a great just, piece of advice. Just go and do it. Just do then it. it's worth it. And I think it's been worth the risk for you too. Yeah, no, definitely. I've uh, had a couple ups and downs in my career, but I have definitely kind of right now found my stride and could always kind of have a stable job, which is something that's important to me and also enjoy what I do. And that's the most important. Enjoying what you do, what you do is so important. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So I'm going to ask you the question I ask every guest that comes on my podcast. What is your biggest dream? My dream in terms of career always changes, but like overall, like I just want to be happy. I want to have a balance. I want to have a family, but also a career. I just don't want to be somebody, you know, who at 50 or 60 wakes up one day and, and asks, what are they doing with their life. I want to ultimately like entertainment and and work aside. I just want to be happy and enjoying life because life is short 
and you never know what's going to happen the next day. Yeah, no, I think it's about having a life that you're happy about and you're happy with and living each moment. Yeah, I want to be I want to be successful in my career, um, but I also want to have like that work-life balance and just being happy and joyful yeah. Um, in yeah, life. Yeah, I think that happiness is really all that we can ask for. So thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you for being on the of Seek course. the Joy podcast. Of course. Thank you so much, Sydney, for having me. And I'm so happy and proud that you oh, have this. Thank you. It's great. I know you've always wanted to do it. So Yeah, I'm excited too. And I'm so happy I could get you to be a guest and share kind of your journey and your story as um, navigating the assistant entertainment life. And it's not an easy Asientos one. love it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you call yourself? No, isn't that? Wait, what did you call us earlier? I don't know. Oh, yentas. yentas, right? Yeah. I thought you said asientas, oh, like no, no, as if no. it's like a... as as yentas. Oh my god, I'm losing it. But anyway, that's okay. Um, I'm so happy you're on the podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to today's new episode with my good friend Elise Friedman. It's always so much fun for me and such a pleasure to have one of my good friends on this podcast to share their journey and their experiences and their words of wisdom uh, with me and with all of you. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for being here and thank you for listening and thank you for the phenomenal response to the first episode in our new storytelling series. I am and was blown away by the response and the feedback. And we are gearing up for the second episode in the new storytelling series. And I would love for you to be part of it. If you're interested in joining us for this new series, head over to the website, seeklajoypodcast.com and click on where it says in the navigation, share your story. I totally revamped the website page for the series and all of the key information is right there. I even included an FAQ portion of the website. So all of your questions, I hope, will be answered by that FAQ. To get involved and to send your story, I just ask that you fill out the Power of Storytelling interest form that is included on my website. After you fill out the form, I promise I will be in touch really soon and we will get you on the podcast for the series. The next episode in this series will air on February 22nd, so make sure that you fill out the interest form and get in touch with me to send me your story no later than February 18th. Before we go, though, I have one more announcement, and I'm really excited about this one. First of all, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has already rated and reviewed the podcast on Apple iTunes. You've helped this podcast be seen by new people and other podcasts and I just can't thank you enough. So if you feel so inspired to rate and review this podcast on Apple iTunes, I'm doing something brand new and different that I am really excited about. So if you feel so inspired to rate and review the podcast on Apple iTunes, send me a screenshot of your rating and review to seekthejoypodcast at gmail.com. Once I get your email, I will send you my brand new guide for infusing more joy into your life. This document, this guide is basically a compilation of all the tips and tricks and words of wisdom and what I've learned from the amazing people that we've had on Seek the Joy podcasts so far. 
And I know a question that I've had and so many of us have had is how do I bring more joy into my life? What can I do? Are there certain actions I can take or thoughts I can think? I mean, what is it that I can do to start to feel more joy? And I break that down in this guide and I'm so excited to share it with all of you. So I really created this document as a token of my appreciation and gratitude for all of you and your love and support. And I'm I'm just so excited to share it with all of you. So to receive this document, just rate and review the podcast on Apple iTunes. Email me a screenshot of your review and I will send this to you. You will also get a limited edition Seek the Joy podcast sticker, which I will mail out to you. I'm really excited about all of this. I'm so excited to send you this document and this sticker, and I really just wanted to do something tangible to say thank you. So that's it. Make sure to check out the Power of Storytelling series and get involved. And if you feel so inspired, I would be honored if you could leave the podcast a rating and review on Apple iTunes. Okay, guys, have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you right back here for another Seek the Joy Tuesday. Thank you.